Welcome to the latest episode of Platform. Today, we're going to be speaking to Taylor Cobran. I first saw Taylor in Caprice, the Sean Grossman video, and that came out years ago. I want to say it was at least five or six years ago, possibly even further. Um, and it was one of the first sections I saw from Joey Lunger. I think I'd only seen like one or two parts from him before then. Since that time, he has moved to San Francisco, and most recently, he's probably better known for filming promos for Rollerblade. He also filmed an incredible part for Danny Malm at the end of last year, which if you haven't seen, I strongly recommend. Um, it was a promo for Danny's Pro Wheel for, oh God, what's the company called? Uh, Deal With It SF and just so well filmed. The skating in it is amazing. In addition to that, Taylor has also contributed footage to Future Shred Technology, which is the Them Skates and Brain Dead video and he made the Hit It Wet videos. Hit It Wet, not dry, for right now. So they've released the first one, I think it was a year or two ago. Yeah, maybe two years ago. And the most recent one just came out like within the last month. Come on, man, hit it wet again. And if you haven't seen it, oh my God, it's like 25 minutes long and just full of absolutely insane skating in San Francisco. Like so many hill bombs and just mega stunts that yeah if you're into that type of skating you're going to be blown away there's also loads of creative stuff in it as well so yeah there's something for everyone um taylor's been involved in loads of things recently he filmed a promo for the sean keen pro skate which was basically a trip to i think they went to like round about colorado round about the concrete parks there uh the rollerblade team so i want to talk to him about that about whether there's another promo to come and um, talk about hit it wet talk about his skating because I know he's had problems with I think it was either his ankle or his knee but he had a couple of clips and had it wet and he was following fisheye doing all the hill bombs which is terrifying in itself so I want to talk to him about that he also has a podcast called the wax toaster with Joey Lunger they are easily the two most stoned post podcast hosts in blading and um, it's one of my favorite things to tune in just to see what condition Joey's going to be in because sometimes, yeah, sometimes he'll be really coherent and switched on and then other times he'll just be melted and it's absolutely hilarious. Um, so yeah, loads to catch up on, loads to talk about. Um, really excited to speak to him. Before we do that though, cue the music. How you doing? Doing well, Dave. How are you? You're looking, uh, Taylor. You're looking a bit sharp. Have you? You had a haircut. You're looking quite, uh, looking quite suave over there. I, I keep forgetting that I did that. Right, People okay. keep saying they're like, "Oh, what'd you do differently?" I'm like, "I don't know, nothing." <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm used to seeing you on, you know, the wax toaster, either you know, stoned or in the process of getting stoned, and you know, just looking cozy casual but this is you look as if you could be hitting a bar tonight i love how that's the difference is the hair <laughs> it's a i mean one day i'll get to where you're at i already make fun of my friends that are going that way i'm like you guys just gotta do it just yeah. go bald 
yeah, that was it. I started losing mine early and I was like, I've got two choices here. I can go out with dignity or I can, or I can hold on. And I wasn't up for holding on. I'm sure I'll get there one day. Um, But you don't have a receding hairline. Do you? Uh, My younger brother does. I have noticed that. I have noticed. Yeah. He's, he's getting a little harder than I am right now, but I like to mess with him about it. He's, he's in good spirits about it. Right. You can kind of see there's certain looks you can get away with it though. Cause your brother's got long hair and he's got the kind of like rock, like rock metal image. You can kind of, you just look like an aging rocker, but then I guess he's not that old. No, he's uh 26 now. Yeah. He's going to be 26, I think. Or 27. Okay. One of the two. Yeah. That was, that was, that was a bit of the age I did it. Right. Okay. Right. Cool. Um, how you, how you been? How was your Christmas and New Year? And you were in New Jersey, right? Yeah, we went back, uh, my younger brother James and I, to our family's house. Our mother and father still live in New Jersey, so we went back for the holidays. There's always so many skaters from the East Coast that we see go back. But we're, we were only there for seven nights, so it's kind of hectic trying to do all the family stuff and then like do some skate stuff. So we've kind of just been pushing the skate stuff down because okay. we'll just skate together. So, Cause, sorry uh, for anyone that missed us. Yeah, because Daffik's from there as well, isn't he? He is. He, we're like the, I guess you could consider us the second or third generation of skaters that have come from New Jersey. And then, yeah, they were the they were the leaders that we would go to their events as kids. Yeah. Who's that? There's oh god, there's um, there's this amazing guy whose name I've just forgot. Um, tall, skinny. He was in Pariah. He's all. He was also in the Eric Stokely. Eric Stokely, yeah, he's he's from New Jersey as well, right? He is. There's yeah. a yeah, there's a huge team of them. Jake Cottrell, Bellino, all those guys kind of ran in the same circle. Sean Money. I think his name is actually Sean Keen. Sean Money. He's okay. the other Sean Keen. It was very confusing when we were young. Yeah. Yeah, that is, yeah. Yeah, that's that's a lot to deal with. Yeah. Cause there's oh, who is it? There is currently there's a Oh God, there's Sam Crofts and Sam Croft and I that's know Sam, but that just freaks me out. Yeah. That's just, you, you can't, yeah, there's too much that going on. Um, I always kind of wondered why Eric Stockley never kind of got more exposure. Cause he was unbelievable. Every time I saw footage of him, I was like, he's the one. Yeah. Yeah. I know a lot of people would talk shit on him. Like when they're like New York guys, would be like, I don't get why he's so fucking sponsored and everything. And they, I was like, they're like, all he does is topsail and wall ride stuff and 540. I'm like, that's all you really need to do. It's I mean, kind of cool. There are signatures and he's good at them and he skated big stuff. I I, I was kind of, yeah, he was sponsored, but he was never, it was never like he was on on. He was just always kind of getting free stuff. He wasn't really like, but then I guess around about that time, that's all anyone was really getting. So yeah, that makes sense. All right. Um, congratulations on the new video. Thank you. Appreciate it weird way to put it out so i bought it and then it's, you expect to go to like the page where it's like download it but then before i even bought it you could just watch it on youtube nice i'm glad i'm glad people are like it actually confused people was that was that intentional or was that an accident like literally before oh. i even paid for it i was like there's a youtube link right there no it's it totally intentional i definitely right. didn't put that youtube link there by accident that'd be like an insane <laughs> lapse of, I don't know, consciousness. <laughs> no, it's it definitely intentional. 
I, I had talked to Vasugi, John Vasugi about it. Uh, we were, we, we, he helped me a lot through the process of like finishing the video just cause I, we, I ran into a lot of problems and he was like, I'll just come over and hang out with you while you and just tell you things to do. And then we eventually we started going over how to release it. And it was like, I, it was kind of a joke between us, like put it out on self five, but just when you buy it, if you do, it's already free. I, we just thought it'd be funny. What kind of problems? Uh, so when we went down to LA, I guess this is like now, like eight months ago, we went down to hang out with some of the two easy guys and the LTE crew and see John and everyone down there. And we, uh, I booked the Airbnb in a shitty area of LA and I got my, la we got like the house got broken into and we were robbed of mainly like my laptop. They left all the hard drives and everything. So that was like the video itself. That was a problem. And then a month before Blade Cup, we had all gone out in the attention of finishing the video. I was with Neil Chen and Jonah Sufferheld. We were eight blocks from where I live now, like filming, skating, and we got robbed at gunpoint. So we lost that day. And J Jonah was like a wild man. He tried to get the camera back from the guys with the guns. He didn't fully realize, I don't think, the danger of the situation. So when he grabbed the camera, they pistol whipped him and we were all very stunned. It took us a minute to kind of get over that. I saw him the next day and it was, it was funny. Day one, when it happened, we were like, man, I can't believe that happened. Day two, we were like, yo, are you having weird flashbacks? Like, are you like PTSD from that? And he's like, yeah, me too. I, saw, I also saw Rob G that night and he gave me a hug. He was like, I know what just happened to you. And it didn't go so good for me. And that was fucking nuts. So he like gave me like a really weird, like he was like, dude, I'm happy you're here and Jonah. It was very, very odd, like whole experience. Yeah, there's very few people that can say they've experienced something like that. And yeah, that's intense because obviously you guys know Greg and Greg's also been like had a gun shoved in his face and then hit with it. And then, yeah. Okay, like, you were the one who breached that interview. Uh, yeah, and then he told the exact same story on Jump Street. And I was like, don't be, don't be telling him this story. Uh, <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, for obviously what Rob went through was just insane and an absolute miracle that he's still alive. Um, and then that to happen. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. Oh, Cause I remember you guys talking about it on wax toaster, like getting robbed, but I just didn't, I, I don't know. I didn't piece it together that you might have lost stuff for the video. Yeah. Yeah. As, as I sold that video on self too, I was like, do you guys want some of the money? And John was like, no, you got robbed twice. You're fine. Just keep. <laughs> a couple hundred bucks that you get out of this. Um, so how how well is the video doing so far? Have you have you had a lot of sales or? Yeah, I mean it's it's all it's all like you, you get, like I kind of weigh the cost to like what I'm making, and it's like you you spend like a like a hundred bucks or so starting the sell fi so you got to make that back. Yeah, make a couple hundred bucks. It's. It's cool. I, I really do appreciate everyone that does buy it. That truly does help a lot. The support and everyone that still is continuing to buy it, even like you said, before you bought it or after. It is free if people want to watch it. It's not like you have to go through some sort of weird paywall or yeah, it's hidden. It's just unlisted on YouTube. So 
if you go to our account and you go through it, it's right there. Um, but yeah, I, I do know what you mean because after you start thinking about like all the trips you've made or all, all the money you've spent on petrol, and then you're like, there isn't, there's no profit here. There's no, <laughs> we've spent years making this and spent so much money on it. It's a lot cooler this time selling it on like through Selfie than Vi, uh, Ven, or Vimeo that I did last time. So I last time I don't see anyone that buys it. I don't know who you are. Like I don't see your name come up. Like there's no transaction. Like this person bought the video. So the last time I made a video, I didn't see any of that. And this time I see everyone's name and it's so much cooler seeing everyone's name. That's kind of weird. So you can't just, I've never yet sold anything on Vimeo. In fact, I didn't, obviously you could do it because you had all original music, but the only people that I know that managed to do it was El Chupo for, that was like the first VOD. Um, yeah. And then Sean Kelso tried to do it and it just went drastically wrong and loads of people just ended up getting it for free and he had a meltdown, yeah. But um, that's kind of, that's that seems like a kind of flawed system if you can't like see who purchased your video because like even on, like, even if you sell something on eBay, like you can see, like you can see the username of the person who bought it. I could see the countries. Right. They would give me like a world map and then they would light up where it was being bought. So that was like kind of neat. Okay. Um, also this time round, you didn't use, you didn't use like, use like music that wasn't from skaters. I, yeah, that kind of was like a compounding issue with like getting robbed multiple times and not uh, I don't. I don't want to make excuses. It's just it, it's it's fucking harder. It's I mean, way oh, harder. like I I one hundred percent respect that, and there's no criticism. Like I know how hard it must be to source that stuff. So yeah, just just finding music that you like and going, yeah, that'll do. Talking to Avon, it's like and being close to him is probably one of the bigger pushes I had for that like whole movement because he's a very serious filmmaker. Yeah. So being around him, it like you definitely like pick up influence, and then he doesn't talk shit, but he like he calls it the easy way. Yeah, I, I like so. that. I like that you get yeah, you've got kind of what would you call them like the not the flag. Oh, would you, you get them at skate parks, and they've got they kind of dish out the rules to the younger kids and let them know. And he's like that guy. He's like the the gatekeeper, the gatekeeper of like the the Bay Area like film scene. And he's like, no, there's there's certain. There's certain rules you need to you need, you need you need to abide by here. You're like, all right, okay. Um, I'm, I'm yeah. He's he's the real deal, dude. Much respect to Avon and everything he does up here. He's like the man. Agreed. Um, so head it wet too. I feel like you kind of flaked out with a name because it could have been head it wetter. It could have been head it wet again. It could have been you could you could have done it was head it wet again. You could have done. Was it not just two? No, it's hit it wet again. I just maybe that's where I got that from. Maybe I've just imagined that wrong. All right, um, that, was a, that was BJ Bernhardt very early. Like as soon as we whipped the cameras back out, he's like, "We're gonna hit it wet again." I was like, "Yeah, dude, that's fucking sick." Call it that. Yeah, he didn't have a clip in the video, did he? No, he tried to get on What What does that mean? He tried as a new- it, you know. I mean, it's just like. There's a lot of people that I would love to have in the video. It's just, I don't, I don't want to just bog people down with just like skating for people to like see a name and just be like, all right, BJ did a soul grind. Cool. He's in the video. Check. 
Like, I think that's kind of boring. Yeah. Like, I, if you do something, I want you to be like, I fucking did that. And if that's not in the video, I'm upset. Right. Because okay. I want you to feel like you, you, even if it's like something that you like that you did, I just think it's better if you're like, I, I want to see that trick in the video other than like, I want to be in the video, just me because I'm fucking me. Yeah. That's, that to me is like, eh, who cares? <laughs> that's fair enough. Um, how the hell did you get Tommy boy in there? That was, that was a blast from the past. When I saw him jump, I was like, what the hell is he doing in here? I didn't know he, does he still skate? I mean, he's, he's around here. He's, he's in the city. I think it just like, he shows up, like he runs and runs into people. And it's like, dude, I fucking saw him. It's like, you see a ghost. You're like, yeah. dude, I saw Tommy boy. And he tried to attack me. It's like, Oh, yeah, cool. Oh, okay. Right. So he's not someone you guys regularly hang out with. No, he's, uh, I mean, uh, a lot of those guys like him and Sean C are like before my time SF guys. And a lot of these other guys know him. I'm all, I've only been here for about four or five years. So they're kind of phased out from like my thing. But even when he saw us for the first time, he's like, I know who you are. I was like, I know who you are too, dude. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Is, Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Is that a, is that a, I was just kind of like nodding. I was like, yep, I'm going to turn the camera on now. You know who I am. You know what I'm doing. That's fine. And he's going to give you something entertaining because he's a grade A character. Yeah, okay. Um, There was all these rumors going about during the Daily Bread days that he was like rich or like a banker or something. I remember he used to write articles for Daily Bread and they were literally the most like abused, hated on article. People were like, stop letting this guy write for Daily Bread. <laughs> Please. I mean, it's like he's like the Alex Jones of rollerblading. He like even when we were with him, he's like, I've been in South America having sex with skateboarders, girlfriends, all these hot. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? This is the weirdest thing I've ever heard in my life. He's like, yeah, all the skateboarders hate me. I'm rich down there. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. He seems like the kind of person that would segue into quite random conversation topics. I showed what like one of my friends here. I was like, "Oh, have you seen have you seen the new video yet?" And he's like, "No, I don't." He, like he didn't re- he doesn't really keep up with Blade Media. And he was like, "I don't know what you're talking about." I was like, oh, "I'm going to show you this," and sent him the link. And the vet, the only thing he sent me met back was, "Who the hell is that Pat guy? And what is wrong with him?" And I was like, "Exactly. Why is it every trick he does looks so dangerous? Like the first gap he does over the the rail." It doesn't look like there's enough run up and he just drops out the sky and somehow lands it. It just looks too high to land with that run up. Then the second one, he's skating that roof to like a fence and the fence shakes so violently when he's grinding it. You're like, he's not getting off this. And yet again, lands it fine. And then that roof to roof rolling thing was just psycho. And it looked like shingles as well. It didn't look like the stuff that it looked like you could easily just your wheel could sink in and you could just face plant off a roof. So that was your that was your guys' first time seeing Pat skate, really, huh? I think it was my first time seeing him skate. I don't I don't remember seeing him in other videos. I don't think he's been too many other videos. But he's very involved in skate. It's funny, he's like so deep into skating, but most people are like, who is that guy? I mean, he's clearly very good. Like he he didn't he didn't look sketchy. Like he stomped all those tricks, but the tricks he chose to do were fucked. You know, he, he hangs out with Brian Shima. 
like he's regularly. In, he's in a band with Brian Shima, isn't he? Yes. He's yeah. the drummer. Brendan Tids is the bassist. Uh, Sean Salazar's lead guitar. And then Shima's in the band as well. So yeah. Snookum or something? Snookum Brothers or something like that? The Skookum Brothers. Skookum Brothers, yeah. Yeah, they're... Um, it's a it's it's a really wild to see four rollerblader guys fucking really kill it in there like a field outside of skating. Yeah, um, but yeah, it was just like the way I marketed it to my friend was like, "Oh no, you need what?" Like pretty much the trick most of the time isn't even the psycho thing; it's the fact that they just keep going down the hill after every trick. And he was like, "All right, I'll watch it." And he was like, "Oh yeah, you weren't joking." He's like, "There's there's so many just terrifying moments in that video," and I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." It's so funny. I don't, I don't, we, I guess it's like we come, you become numb to it just because it's like a way of getting around after a while. Some of them are scary. I'm not gonna lie. Like, they're like definitely like there are some where you look down and you're like, I am scared. I mean, the fact that Cameron Talbot used, used one of the streets is basically just a mega ramp to like clear it like halfway down the hill into the when one of his last tricks. I'm like, that, that tells you how steep it is. The fact that you can launch off the flat, like, just tells you how fast you're going. That was that was all early pandemic stuff. That was like the coolest, definitely one of the coolest times to go skating in San Francisco. First that's, initial that's pandemic. What I was gonna ask, yeah, what was that like? Because surely you must have. I was going to ask how much of it you filmed during the pandemic, because that seems like you would have the opportunity to just have the city to yourselves. I'd say like forty percent of it was like early pandemic. That was another thing. Like early in the video, we'd filmed so much, we were like, "Do we just release it?" But we really wanted to go to Blade Cup. So that was kind of like a thing where like, all right, once the pandemic's over, we're going to make it. It's going to be Blade Cup. And then that just never happened in 2020. So then 2021, here we are. It's like we had Blade Cup and the opportunity. It's kind of what we always wanted to do again. Yeah. it's It was cool to be at the 2019 Blading Cup. There was no Blading Cups. And then to be at the next one again with another video was definitely cool. So cool opportunity. Did you just keep hold of the footage or did you like start getting rid of stuff that you were like, oh no, we can, we can lose this and we've got better stuff now. We can like swap clips out or whatever. Or, Well, I, I was, I worked with Danny Malm on his wheel promo video when he was getting his pro wheel. He, he came up real quick once I got a new camera and he was like, I want to do something isolated with you, me. Cause I had just done the Cameron rollerblade, like only uh diegetic sound edit where yeah. it's just like Cameron in the city. So Dan wanted something like that too. So that took us about a year to make. And then I started filming with blank and doing a lot of work with rollerblades. So I had other projects come out in between there. So it never felt like I was really sitting on too much. It's just like when we would get out with the big crew on the weekend, We'd get some clips. And like, all right, we did it. And then we'd all go home. That Danny Malm, like, he is, he's probably my favorite skater from San Francisco at the moment. Like, every time I see footage of him, I'm just like, yes. Just. We were just uh, laughing in the car about one of your edits. Uh, or, well, the fucking, the Chad Hornish thing was so funny. Oh, Chad, Chad took that well. He did. He messaged me literally that night, just being like, all right, yeah, very good. And I was like, was he, so he was fucking around in that comment, huh? I think Where you so. called him the 99 cent champ? Yeah, be, no, uh, yeah, as in, like, that wasn't a dig. It's because whenever he, every episode of Jump Street, he donates 99 cents. Oh. 
I wasn't like, I wasn't digging at him. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been brutal. <laughs> I was like, damn, dude, Dave is fucking savage. If I slagged him off in a video and then when he comments, I just berate him again. Yeah, I'm not that harsh. <laughs> dude, I, I was like, I thought that was the craziest thing comeback ever. I'm like, are they really beefy? This is Maybe it went over his head as well. Maybe he did just think I was slagging him off. But no, no, uh, Chad Chad was all right with it. He was, yeah, he was like, we'd messaged about it. And then he started sending me these old photos of him and like, like huge baggy sweatpants and he's like i'm gonna start wearing long line t-shirts and i was like dude i've met you you're like five two if you wear a long line t-shirt it's gonna look like it's gonna come down to your ankles and he's like and then he just started sending me these old photos of him and nims with just huge like baggy like frankie morales like outfits from like <laughs> the early 2000s still, like he has them now like that he's like dressing up in it was an old photo, but I think he was like, I'm bringing this look back. And I was like, I don't, I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> that might be cool. I don't think. Demetrius anyone... George brought shorts back. This is true, but I don't, I don't think anyone suits. There's, there's two things. I don't think anyone can pull off sweatpants and uh camel. I'm, I'm not a big, I'm not a big fan of either. You're wearing a camel hoodie right now. <laughs> Have you seen basement stuff? They, sweatpants and camel is like their thing. I refer to my previous comment. Sean and Colin Kelso are masters of their craft, but I've they have debatable uh, wardrobe choices. Damn. It's like Dominic Sigona. Dominic Sigona is one of my favorite skaters of all time, but he made a lot of uh, criminal outfit decisions, namely t-shirts wrapped around his head and one t-shirt hanging off the top of the shoulder. There was there was there was some missteps. I like when I like when Drew does it. Nemo, he looks good like that. But everything he, he, everything he does seems to be ironic, though, so he can get away with it. True. Um, After a while, everything almost seems like irony. Um, yeah, but he does all like the camera points and stuff like that, and like lands a trick and like does the does the like neck chop and stuff. So it it just kind of seems yeah. Him and him I and Danny, I think, have perfected. It, it might be after skating with Neil and seeing how Neil skates and and listening to other people watch Neil do nothing. You're like, he's so cool. And he's just like rolling around. Everyone's like, how does he do it like that? I'm like, <laughs> everyone's just stunned when he just moves. So yeah. I don't I don't know what's what's impressive anymore. Uh, I think it's just whatever visually appeals to you. I think, yeah. I, I definitely think as no matter who you are, it, it, if you skate long enough, it changes over time. And I think if you're just into the same thing throughout the whole, like whenever I see people online, they're like, oh, no one does like this or this anymore. I'm like, that people still do that. I don't know where you're looking. Or they just complain that no one does like massive handrails and switch ups anymore. And you're like, that's, you You didn't, You at no point, you never get into anything else. Never. And you're like, you might as well have just stuck to playing football or basketball then because th that never changes either. That's a good point. Or fishing. <laughs> like, yeah, like the, the object is still just to score a point. Like if yours is just to do as many switch-ups as you can down a hand drill, then that would get old really quick. Yeah. So. And it's uh, dangerous. Hand, hand drills are dangerous. Yeah. I've been having this conversation with a few people recently just because obviously I'm 38 and like, when we go street skating, I'm like, oh, we go to this spot. And loads of people are like, I, 
I just don't know if it's justified anymore. And they're like, what do you mean? And they're like, well, you know, the best trick I'm probably going to do down it is like a cane grind or like an alley top porn. And then if I fuck it up, I'm going to really eat shit and like, like destroy my balls or my shins or, and they're like, I just can't, I can't really justify it to myself in my head anymore. <laughs> and I'm like, that is a fair point. Yeah. So we just end up going to weird stuff instead. So, um, but. It's it's fun thinking like because I have that problem when I skate like people are always like why don't you get clips I'm like I don't want to just do that but there are other things that I've been thinking about that like it's like what you do before and after it's I think everyone can kind of see that now before and after you can top sole a handrail if you do something before or after it that is a little different or you can make interesting then the yeah. top sole is justified because you did whatever kind of slide or toe pick or anything after it's kind of weird that that's become like the thing now that's so common or like so many people are adopting it but yeah it's always been around like even you can look so far back in videos like you look back in farmer and like early like mind game farmer sections and he does a true soul like cess slide kind of thing and then comes around and then grinds the rail or you had like Oh god, what was the other guy? It was on main game that used to always do the cess slides onto handrails. Um his name oh god, Jump Street interviewed him not that long ago. Uh oh, he's in a band. Uh, what the hell is his name? And he used to always do like Royale cess slides to like alley porn star or normal like porn stars down rails and stuff like that. What the hell is his name? He had a pro skate with Shadow. Schwab. Ben Schwab, that was it. Wow, my brain is empty tonight. Um, yeah, like he he had a lot of those. So, or like pivots on before grinds and stuff like that. But now it just seemed it always kind of seemed like an anomaly before, or like a a rarity. And now loads of people are like, no, that's cool. Like I'm going to adopt that, and loads of people are doing it. So, but also that that weird when people just do a porn star on the ground before you do another trick, it's just kind of stupid. <laughs> It's just like I, you're, you're like I think they're missing the point of that like motion. Yeah, like I, I, I think it's just it's like okay. they do it and then they're like, all right, I'm gonna do another part. I think it's okay if it like complements the movement. Like if it's if it's a continuous movement or it or, or it flows well. But I know what you mean. You can tell when people are just jamming them, jamming stuff like that in there, and you're like, that doesn't that looks so unnatural or like it doesn't seem to make sense with what's happening. I get what you mean. Bobby's Bobby's really good at making them uh, important. Spaz, he does oh, a, he does a good job at making them mean something. He also comes under he comes under a lot of criticism for for it though. So he gets he get he, I, I feel like he gets an un, unfair hard time about some of his clear. Like he's obviously went if you've seen his like old sections where he's on Sebas. I don't know if like. It couldn't have been long after he got out of prison and he got sponsored by Seba and he was still the same skater. He was still doing these like 900s and incredible part skating, but he was just in totally different look, clothes, even the postures he did with his movements. And then he's obviously seen some stuff like Casey Moe and things like that. And he went, no, now I know what, I know where I want to go with this now. And it's just totally kind of like created his, a path that he is happy with, but a lot of people have just not accepted it, even though skaters have gone before him and done it, like Colin Kelso. Colin Kelso is even admitted in later years that he made, like, 
distinct choices and forced style choices like the hand movements and stuff like that when he landed because that's what he wanted it to look like so it's like you can't you can't let one person had that same that same like uh i don't know what's a good word for it thoughtful hand positioning he he he, i'm pretty sure he admitted it on on jump street he said like it was a thing where he used to do it to he had a habit of like touching the ground when he landed so he just started forcing himself to put his arm into that position so it didn't touch the ground and then it just became his like signature thing and he just ran with it huh so he and colin is well especially during that time was considered one of the most like influential skaters at least in america he was massive in europe whenever he came over here people would lose their minds and yes they were paying him a significant amount of money when they were giving him pro skates up until he quit so he, dude he did that that ali bassid soyal thing in zephyr and then everyone was doing it they're like all right i tried <laughs> exactly yeah um <coughs> yeah it was crazy to think when he just stepped away from skating and then sean overtook him and everyone was like oh like sean kelso was incredible did it and then but colin seems to have like got fully back into it now in the past few years like when sean was making like Casey Moe and stuff like that, you could see that Colin was still, but he wasn't as, you know, involved, if that makes sense. And then some kind of switch seems to have happened in the past two years. Every time you see Colin Kelso footage, it's just nuts. Like he's just experimenting like crazy again. And I think it's really interesting to watch. I was lucky enough to see him skating at the Bashi Pope this year. And he just skated like a P-Box and he did half cab top acids. Well, I, that's, I think that's the only thing I saw him really doing, but okay. it was so perfect. I was like, it, it, cause it's just like kind of what we were saying before every trick, like you, I've seen everyone do a half cap top acid or a lot of people, but then I watch him do it. I'm like, why is his so different? <laughs> it's, inc- it's incredible to watch like someone that's fully mastered certain tricks. Cause it really, it's like, you can do, you can probably do it, but not like that. Yeah. But there's there's a lot of tricks he does that other people definitely wouldn't get away with. Like there's there's one he did recently where it was like the the wheelbarrow nine bar wheelbarrow. Do you know what a nine bar? Like that's like a nineties term. I don't like you, you know if you do a wheelbarrow, but you're it's basically a soil, but you're rolling the toe on the front foot. Yes. So he he does that, and but I've seen people rip that off on Instagram and try to copy it, and just you're like that looks terrible when you do it. But when Colin Kelso does it, it looks exquisite and you're like that's exactly how that's meant to be done but when someone imitates it it just it doesn't work that's an odd phenomenon so skating and body types i I think that's one of the things that makes skating so interesting like so many you can get 10 different people do the same trick and they can make them look like entirely different things just based on their arms like how crouched or like how low or how stand up they get how close or how far apart their feet are like or the, even just the clothes they're wearing like literally the same trick can look completely different in someone else's hands it's a tricky tricky thing so Tricks. we've we've deviated from the video why did that's what i wanted to ask the last one had loads of different sections this one had three so you had cameron danny and then john at the end was that like a conscious decision or was that just when you got all the footage at the end, you were like, right. Okay. It's, it's, it is, it's funny making skate videos like this. Like this is the second one I've done that 
I've spent two years on this time less intentionally than the first. The first time I was in film school, I wanted to do something like this. I had made other edits. Like it was something that I was more consciously focused on the first time. So having my brother come and Joey, like it was more like me telling them, oh, I'm going to make sections of John, Dan, Cameron. Do you guys want them too? Do you want to put it in the video with them? And they were like, fuck yeah. Because we we knew them. Like we've been watching Dan, John, and Cameron, all of us, for a long time. Yeah. And then I was just lucky enough to be up here. I gained their trust through making a couple other smaller edits. They were like, all right, he's, he's all right. And then I just was like, all right, you guys come, come on, come make sections. And Phil jumped on board too. I, I made this park edit with Cameron. I made two. And I think that's what got a lot of people on board. They were like, oh, he like makes good edits. He's doing the right things. Let him do it. Because there's not that many, like obviously Ivan, but like he's, you know, busy doing other stuff. And from what I understand, he's got like a job job now. So he's not, you know, making skate stuff as much but there's not that because i remember when i've whenever i've spoken to like whenever i've interviewed like cody waikiki before he said you know i just there's there's no one to film this was like quite a few years ago there's there's not that many filmers in the bay area surely there's there are a couple there are definitely like uh this dude alex uh i don't know his thing on instagram is aloe productions he films like people in the east bay Okay. And then there's this other filmmaker, Nico Sotomayor. He that's, made Next yeah, that's in the line. other one I was gonna yeah, because he made yeah. the recent um, he made the recent edit with uh, with Sneaky and um, Steven. Oh no, uh, he came back to skating. It's absolutely amazing. He's, why all these names are escaping? Um, he's on Red Eye and Razors. Um, does all the really tight Stephen sweat. Babcock. No. Um I'm gonna have to look up. Red Eye and Ra- They had they had the joint oh, section before oh, Skate Jake Dotson. Jake Dotson, that was it. Oh, Jake's gonna kill me for this because I hear from so regularly. Um okay, yeah. it could have been Jared Banning. Like the description I was like, it's Jared, but that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> um yeah, because I remember Nico made yeah, was it yeah, did you say that next in line? I, I think I yeah, I'm pretty sure it's next in line. And I remember he made like uh yeah, the section again. Uh, with those two guys but i just didn't realize he was still making videos until that edit came out and then i was like oh maybe he's still going i've just not been aware of them i i've been to sessions where they're filming the next next in line yeah so he's definitely out there doing stuff okay but then ivan also premiered uh three i think it was three edits at blade cup dude the the one i I don't even want to it, the, the one edit was like the edit of the year, in my opinion. Okay. it's. I'm sure I've heard you a, mention this before, actually. I, I don't know if I've talked about it, but it's like a, it's documentary style of someone who's recently come back to skating after a time away. And it's, it's like everyone in the theater was going nuts for this edit. It was so good, dude. Okay. Yeah. I, if it, it'll come out eventually. I don't want to give too much away. I know people are like, well, what the hell is he talking about? But it's, it's, Yvonne's got some really good stuff, but that he's got a, an edit of Cameron. That's really cool. And then I think there was one other thing, but I might be spacing there. I just thought there was made up a memory. See, but Yvonne loves to torture us though. He loves to be like, 
lives to have a finished product and then just shelve it for years and make us suffer and wait for it and well he's doing it the hard way <laughs> he actually he gets the music this it's, is it's true it's like legit cool definitely, music he, he puts in the work i'll give him that um you mentioned rollerblade and doing the projects for them so you've obviously done a bunch um like yeah you mentioned the cameron talbot stuff you've done stuff with sean Keen's promo as well promo tour video thing i don't really know what we we'll, call it we're st- yeah like all there's still like ongoing projects we're still trying to work on like his like what you were saying like his pro edit pro promo stop stealing my questions how am i meant to lead on to these questions if you answer them before i get to- <laughs> that's what i was gonna ask so obviously you you made the tour one in was it colorado uh we went to montana montana and like the outdoor concrete parks but i was like this can't be this can't be it. Like he's got to have a solo piece coming, surely. But then I know he's been, he's had ankle problems for the past couple of years. So I just didn't know if he was back to like a hundred percent or what was going on. Uh, Keen's looking great as far as skating goes. Like, yeah, he did. It was when we were finishing that first to the video, I watched him break his ankle and that was rough. But yeah. then he, over the past years, he's kind of bounced back. He's, he looks like he's, fully back as far as like healthy ankle doing tricks so it's cool to see so you're he had a what? shitty run of luck like he kept like after he came back he'd skate one day like break his thumb slip on like a potato chip bag break his oh. other thumb all right i did not know that was happening okay i thought he was just having a rough time coming because ankles are an absolute nightmare to heal yeah and then his fingers were a nightmare <laughs> just to work <laughs> with so how how far away is that because obviously, well, the skate's not even out. Like, the skate's not even, it's not available in Europe yet. Really? Yeah, it's apparently we don't, the UK doesn't get it until like mid-January, and then there could easily be a delay. So, you know, the the better beta, better, whatever you want to call it, run of the skate is not even out here yet. Oh, crazy. Because I know you guys have got them in the States. Yeah. I I didn't even realize that the, like, the rest of the world probably or might not have it yet. No. But all this, all the new skates is kind of overwhelming. Like to see who has what, where, when. There is a lot out at the moment. Yeah, it's it's a lot to wrap your head around. And um, you never answered my question. So when's how like how how far away is that from being completed then? <laughs> you know how this works. You have a podcast. You can't just not answer. I mean, I it's like as I. I t- Talk to other people about this when we were down at Blade Cup, and they were like, they were talking, they're like, "You still doing stuff with Keen?" I was like, "Yep." Yeah. They were like, "When are you gonna make that edit?" And I was like, "I don't know." They were like, "Good, you shouldn't know. If they tell you to be done, don't finish." Like yeah. this is like, <laughs> like other people that have pro skates, they're like, "If they tell you to finish early, don't do it." I was like, That's "Okay." This is true. You you know when you know. Um, how did you first get involved in Rollerblade? I was in the right place at the right time. I was doing like the right thing too. I generally, I, I definitely think that's, I'm super lucky. Like to be here with Eric uh, Garcia, the whole JSF crew, like Cameron being a huge like content producer in general. Yeah. And then like, yeah, it's just kind of, I, I think it's the right place at the right time. I wanted to do this type of stuff too. So. And are, are they paying you for these edits? Definitely. Yeah. It's like, I, it's, I, I am like, when I say I'm super lucky, it's like I get paid by rollerblade to go do skate stuff. And like you, 
you're never going to find a job application that says like rollerblade looking for videographer in the Bay Area. It's like, you don't, that doesn't exist. So yeah, I get the job that is just, it's like, it feels like it's created for only me. Like who else wanted to do that in the world? I imagine there's quite a few people. Well, it's at least within the, that we know within bleeding that would be like, yes, please. But like, you gotta be, that's why I say I'm so lucky. I'm definitely at the right place with the right intention at the right time with the right people. Like Sean's not far away. Cameron's here in San Francisco. Yeah. Eric's in Oakland. And when it comes together, it's, it kind of, it, it does make sense too. It's, when Tom picked up me and Eric to come along, it's like, we're already doing that part. Whether the rollerblade is paying us or not, we were already taking yeah. photos and videos of this. Yeah, might as well make it official. Um, so does that mean you've tried the skates then? Yeah, I got them right over here. Yeah, what, what are they like? They're fantastic. I mean, it's like the, it, it's a very high-end, high-tech skate. That's how I would describe it. When I like got it all, it like it, you can really look at the parts and the machinery, the integrated heel pad, the cutout sole plate. I don't know if you've seen any of that. Yeah, that's, I think that's the, I, I really like the aesthetic of the skate. I like that it's like, well, you've just said it's really high end. I, I think it just looks like a really basic silhouette and that's what I like about it. The only thing that does put me off is the sole plate because it looks really thin and flimsy but then it wraps around the skate and is bolted in. So I imagine that would make it quite sturdy, but it just kind of, it makes me think of like the razor shift, which I really, I tried those once it's, and was it's like, so, this is it's so horrible from shift technology. Right. Yeah. Um, there's something just about like a really, really paper thin sole plate. That's especially when you grind and it sounds hollow. Like when you can hear that, like thin, cheap plasticky sound, I'm like, I can't, I can't deal with this. This is, this is really just, there's something about like a dull thud when you land that's really satisfying but when it's like really hollow and rattly i'm like no no it's like when people have rattly skates as well i'm like how can you how can you live with that why why does that not drive you insane <laughs> have you been around the mesmer skates yet no like with people that have them the thud is godlike right it's crazy it's because they they come i think they're built in with the something between the sole plate and the boot I've heard that. Yeah, they've got like a, a thin bit of material or like a shock, like a and little like just, footbed thing. Yeah, it's so good when you hear it. See, that's what I meant. Well, I liked Val. I didn't like the skin being on the Valo skate. It kind of felt unnecessary. But I loved like the actual like the sound it made when it landed because yeah, the material just dulled everything, and I was like, this is yeah, what that's that's just what I want. Why don't all skates sound like this? <laughs> yeah, I. It seems it's funny that they, they're like they've done little things like put a little piece of material in and it the psychology of a skate is like you said it's huge. Yeah. When you hear that rattling noise, it's so ugly. Yeah. It's like if you look down as well, like I used to skate shadow skates and I used to look down at them and I was like, these are the ugliest things I've ever seen in my life. And I enjoyed skating them, but just the actual the the visual appeal of looking down like diminished the experience of skating it. Cause I was like, I don't I don't like looking at these. <laughs> And I didn't, I didn't like putting myself in them after a while. It didn't feel like I was putting on skates. It felt like I was strapping like a thing onto my foot. I wanted to like put my foot in a boot. I, I know what you mean. Yeah. And it just, 
yeah, after a while, I was like, there's too many moving parts in this. There's because just bolts were coming out left, right, and center, straps were failing. And I was like, this is, this is not a, a yeah. And then they came out with a 2.0, and that thing sucked. Yeah, they had, they had big ideas. I just don't know if the reality quite lived up to whatever it is they had in their, in their mind initially. But Oigen proves it's, they work now for sure for skating. Oigen could skate a cardboard box with a dinner plate strapped underneath it. He's not a, he's like, he's not a good frame of reference. <laughs> Is there anyone? Else? Yeah, I don't really have anyone else. They don't, uh, farmer, skates <laughs> them, uh, farmer skated them before, the new ones before. But he's all AM now, right? Uh, well, he's got a sway. He had a pro sway. Oh, sway. Yeah, he's on the um, sway but he has skated them before. But yeah, like I, I don't think I don't think Eugen's a good, you know. I, I, I feel like he could pretty much put on any skate and get to work. In fact, he has proven that because he's he's pretty much promoted them all at some point. Um, That's probably a better point. So yeah, um, he also took it well that I made. <laughs> I made fun of him in one of the first videos and he was like, he took that, he's, he's got a very good sense of humor and he's like, all right, yeah, I'll give you that. He's like, yeah, you know, they're they're not the most visually appealing skates. He's like, but they work really well. And I'm like, I'm sure they do. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure they do. You were coming hard on the, uh, on some of these guys on the, it was like you were a little, little rougher with them than, than Tom is. Tom Moise. Weirdly, Tom and I were talking about it a lot. Um, not about making that video, but just in general. And I was like, we've got all these news programs and that's great. And they tell everyone that's going on, like what's going on. And that's brilliant. But no one ever criticizes anyone for anything. Like the closest we get is biz making kind of like little subtle digs, but they're not, they're not like direct call outs. And I was like, and a lot of ridiculous things have happened this year. And he's like, yes, they have. And we started just, we just started talking through them and like laughing our asses up. And then it just kind of stuck with me. And I think about the things I talk about with friends at sessions and we're like, God, did you see that? Like, why would you do that? Like, oh, like what is this company doing? Like, can't they, can't they see that they're just committing suicide here? And then I just started noting them all down. And I was like, this is like, I'm just saying what everyone else is thinking. It's not like I'm going out on the attack. Like I respect the majority of the people I mentioned in it. I don't have any ill will towards them, but when people do things that is worthy of criticism, no one should be above mockery. Everyone, if you do something that deserves to be made fun of, you deserve to be made fun of. That's just the way it is. Even Hillary, the Chad one was so good. We were, uh, I watched it in a car on a car's speaker system. So it was like fully around us. When the Billy music kicks on in that clip, it's everyone fucking dies laughing. Because it's it's such epic music to go along with this epic trick. It just and the, the other clip's so short in comparison to the huge moment that that clip is. Well, that was intentional. I wasn't I wasn't cutting short anything anything of Billy's epic. You know, if I miss, I'm probably gonna die. Trick, yeah. Um, but even like even Julio, I mean, Julio's probably my favorite skater of all time. But the fact is. If a guy in his forties wears a pair of trousers and one of one of the legs is a short and one of the legs is a trouser, that's gonna get made fun of. Like I don't know anyone that didn't see that video and was like, "Did you see what Huli was wearing in that clip?" I thought it was cool. I've seen your outfits. Of course, you thought it was cool. <laughs> I was like, "That leg missing is cool." 
feel like I feel like as the years go on, you just get brighter and bolder with your color choices. I've seen some of them recently, and they're just all like <laughs> intense primary colors. Yeah, I've been hanging out with Joey longer. Yeah, long. what happened? Off on me. What happened to the the Taylor Cobrin from Caprice, where it was all like heavy metal t shirts and skinny jeans? He broke his ankle too much and stopped taking it so seriously. <laughs> remember you saying that in one of the wax toasters where you're like oh yeah my ankle's done i can't really skate that much anymore and then and hit it wet you do a drop rail and then a hill and you're doing all these hill bombs so it can't be in that bad shape i just talked i was talking to cameron about this yesterday because he was talking about hardware and our ankles because he's got some too some days i put on my skates and it feels like i'm like oh i can do the tricks today like i can i'm gonna go topside and do all these things some days i put it on i'm like it feels crusty. Like I, I'm not going to be able to do much. Right. So, I, I mean, it's definitely like if I drink the night before, or do other things like I'm do, I'm better off for skating. Sometimes it's random, but yeah, I've broken it twice. I've had three surgeries. Yeah. That's pretty. Yeah. That'll do it. How old are you? 28. That's, that's young to be having the, yeah. To be having the, the long lasting just pain. I'm just in pain now. What's your, <laughs> what? I broke, yeah, I broke my collarbone uh, like a year ago. That was during this video too. How did that happen? I did that at a skate park. I ran into another skater and instead of just bashing, I was, I've always thought, I'm like, how do you break your collarbone? And if you fall into a ramp and don't want to destroy your face and brain, you throw your collarbone. You shoulder it. tackle it. You yeah. Your, you break your collarbone. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. It's always yeah, it's it's always the stories you don't want to tell people as well. Like I broke my pelvis on a P rail on my lunch break at work. And I was like, I don't want anyone to know this. Like <laughs> Brian Starnes, uh, he's Carson's older brother. He broke his spine twice skating. Yeah, that's that's rough. After the first one, spines, spines are you know. That's and how, that's how they. And that's how he tells it too. He's like, "Can you imagine going to your parents and telling them I broke my spine again?" Yeah, the first times that they get. See, that's one of. See, whenever you think of spine, you just think disabled. Like you think Forever. if you break your spine, you're in a wheelchair now. That's your life. So yeah, if someone said they'd done it twice, I'd be like, "Wow, okay." Dude, you you really gave it to. Have you talked to Brandon Drummond? So uh, I've never, I've never like kind of interacted with him. Oh no, like I, that's not true. That's not true. After the first video <laughs> came out, he was like, oh yeah, this is really funny. Da, da, da. And I just sent him like a reply saying, you're in the next one. And he went, wait, what? And I was like, don't worry. Like it's nothing. Like I, I'm not, I basically just made fun of the fact that he gets everyone's name wrong. That's not, that's not harsh. Did he do the, was the Charles Dunkel Mike Lilly thing? Was that last year? Oh, did you when, catch that when he did he, that one? He that mixed, was, that was he mixed up favorite. their names or got their names wrong or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's it's one of the that was pit, a good one. Yeah. It's one of the pitfalls. Oh, that was it. He put up, he, he spoke about one, but put up an image of a the other. Was that right? Yeah, or he something? was like, I've been skating for a long time, and this is Charles Dunkel. And it was like a picture of Mike Lilly. Yeah. Yeah. There was also, yeah. I've I've watched like a couple of these news episodes, and I think it is one of those things where when it is so fact-based, it's so easy to get it wrong. And if you just misinterpret something, like I remember 
when Julian Bat announced Win Brand, and Brandon like I think I watched like an episode and Brandon was like, oh, it's the new it's the new Blader Gang wheel company that Julian's running. And I was like, this has got nothing to do with Blader Gang. What are you talking about? Dude, he should just fucking fire away with just false info, just but, make it all up. Well, that that's why when I did the brief blade and recap thing, I was like, I'm just going to put some of these in and make people think it's genuine news. And so many people underneath were like commenting, being like, Ryan Parker's related to the bassist from Corn. Like, like what? And that took that took me like a half a second. I was like, really? No, like, there was a bunch of those I just put in, and people were like, did that? Did that? That happened? And I was like, no, of course that didn't. There's <laughs> a brilliant connection though. They look identical. Um. Yeah, they've got yeah. Yeah, we've got a mutual friend that lives in Pittsburgh that's from Scotland. Like he's from the area that I live in, and I sent it to him before I put it online. And I was like, I know you're gonna like this. And he's like, I'm showing, I'm showing Ryan this before it comes out. So yeah, that was pretty funny. He again took it quite well. Um I think I feel like the only person I attacked in that was Andy. And Andy deserves to be attacked. Like Andy is a farcical figure. So in our community, he's easy to mock. I always think of that guy as like a myth, but they're like, he's here. I'm like, where? I, I go to skating events where he's at and they're like, he's, he's somewhere. I'm like, I've never seen this guy. And I, I look around, I'm like, I know these, who these people are. Yeah. That guy, I've, I don't even know what he looks like. I've met him a weird amount of times. I've met him in the UK. I've met, I've met him in Europe at least twice. Uh, I met him at the last like physical winter clash that there was. Um, and yeah, he's just a weird guy. He's a really weird guy that's easy to make fun of. Actually, weird story. He was trying to get all the old Razor skaters together and release Razor's all-star boots. You know, like a USD did with Aeons. Okay. So and he the, was getting like Chad. And so, because Brian Aragon was there for the night of the movies and uh, Chad Sands was there. And was there someone else? I can't remember. But... I overheard the discussion and they were like, so we'll give each of you guys like a, like a skate, like that's just like influenced by one of your like iconic skates that you had. And apparently they asked murder as well. And they said, so we'll get you all together. We'll give you all skates and then we'll do like a short tour. And apparently murder just went, no, like, I've got, I've got no interest in that whatsoever. <laughs> and also Brian, I think Brian was like, nah, that's just weird. And Chaz was like, I only had one skate for razors. I don't, no, I don't want and this all of them recently they were gonna do this? Like two years ago at the last winter mm -hmm. clash that actually took place. And I was like, also, everyone's gonna see that and go, You've just stolen USD's idea. Like you've just went, Oh, that worked for them. We'll do it. Like it's just yeah, so easy to make fun of. Definitely. So they got a, they got a big team. They had a big team. Dude, there's a lot of people that skate those skates. I feel like Razors have only got like four people on their team now. Like four people on their uh, but, like pro but team. But there's like, they got, I mean, they, they got numbers, dude. There are people out there with Razors on their feet. Oh, no. Sure. Oh, as in, in terms of sales. Yeah, they're still, but. Oh, and I, I see what you're saying. Like actual like team people that are paid. And yeah. I'm talking about like, they give out a lot of skates. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm sure they do. Yeah, I've, which is I've, it is a weird way to consider that the team, but it's it's surprising how many people get skates from that company, and that's all they get. 
Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. But then I'd be interested to know how much that's been whittled down now, because especially in the UK, they had like quite a large team in the UK just of like flow riders or like UK razors team or whatever. In the past three years, pretty much all of them have just went, no, I'm done. <laughs> like I'd, I'd rather just buy skates from someone else. I think we're seeing that in America more and more. As, as different skates come out, there's other people that, you know, there's a lot of our friends that are getting pro skates and we want to skate those skates. Yeah. Yeah, that's it as well. Like, especially now that there's a lot of transparency regarding royalties, loads of people have argued, oh, why is that important? Like, why do you need to know that? And I was like, well, because before when you bought a pro skate, you thought you were supporting that skater. You thought they were benefiting from it. And it's only years later that we realized they got next to nothing as a result of you buying their skate. Whereas now we know like, oh, if you buy Danny's skate, Danny gets like $30. Or if you buy, you know, Sean Keane's skate, you know, that's contributing towards, what was it, 15K or something he's getting? So you, like, you know what you're doing has a positive impact on someone you want to support. Whereas with certain brands, you're still like, well, I could buy their skate, but I don't know what they're benefiting from it. Other than yeah, who's, who's benefiting from it. Yeah. Other than me having their skate on my feet. So yeah, it's, it's an interesting one, which is kind of weird as well. Cause he could really turn that, he could easily turn that round with like, basically just by like putting two new people on the pro team, announcing them having decent edits and then just announcing a royalty scheme, everyone would be like, all right, all's forgiven. Because in Bladen, people have got short memories, incredibly short memories. So if you just make a bold statement and follow through on it. I don't know. I got to disagree with the short memories. Some of these guys are fucking, they're looking at things that are like a, almost a decade old tweet from Julio because he made 80 millimeter frames. Have you seen all that? I've seen the tweet where they're making fun of him for power blading, but I think that was more, I don't think that was anything against that type of skating. I think it was who was responsible for coining the term power blading. No, I'm just like, it's just funny to me that people were definitely waiting since he made that tweet for Julio to make a big wheel frame. Yeah. But that's, that's with the internet age, it's basically impossible for anyone in Julio's position of power not to become a meme at some point. But if you look at Rollerblade, Rollerblade are a perfect example. 10 years ago, Rollerblade were like pariahs in the sport. No one wanted to touch that brand because everyone was like, you just sacked your entire team and like walked away from aggressive skating. Like we don't want anything to do with you. Now they've got this amazing new team like Cameron Talbot, Sean Keane, uh, Tony Woodland, like those, and obviously Sven's still about. They've got this new skate, and everyone's like, Rollerblade are the shit again. But, but if you just go back, you don't have to go far that far back. People are like, nah, fuck Rollerblade, we're done with them. I, 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 I see what you're saying. I also think that, like, I, I guess I came up in a weird time in skating where I saw, like, when they were doing a little bit more, when they had the Rob G skate, and it also had to do with that, uh, I forget what contest it was, the one that Kevin Dowling entered where he made a video of Rob. Oh, the Montre. Fujifilm one or whatever it was, something like that, yeah. That, that video is still one of my favorite videos just because of everything that like went into that. And even hearing the story about it later, that's all music that he had licensed yeah. and was permitted to use. But that like, 
it still felt like rollerblade was there as, as long as Rob was doing it and, and Sean was always a part of the team. It did die out for a while though. I see what you're saying for sure. Like they offered size more skate and he was like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm just going to go. <laughs> and then they stopped making the solo. And they made <laughs> they were, like, yeah. They were just like, they were like, yeah, here's, you know, here's the prototypes. Here's, here's what we've got working for you. And he's like, no, nah, I'm just going to go and take a complete gamble on a different company. <laughs> Well, I guess we got lucky through the pandemic. That uh, that definitely changed the scheme of Rollerblade, I think, as a company. Yeah. But just that just offering up some transparency and making a new product, that's that's basically all all it took for them. I mean, that's that's some Tom has been working on that for way longer than Oh yeah, it's not. I'm not saying it was like an overnight thing, but it's just it, it just goes to show you how completely different the aesthetics can be towards a brand name with those moves. And like I can't remember the last like Razors don't put out content. The only content they put out is like a Pro Skate promo. Other than that, you don't see anything from them. But imagine if they started putting out like like killer content again like you started getting stuff like i don't know steal this video or like closer or some like iconic videos i guarantee you the skating population would just forget about the discrepancies that happened before and be like oh yeah razors are sick again but that's i feel like that time is so i don't even know if that can exist anymore where you can make like a closer or something like that I know what you mean, but I, I mean, like for the modern age, like say they just started banging out like like great online content, you know, like Mesmer did, like Mesmer just came out the gates swinging with this strong brand image, this amazing 15 minute video, this team that like people are like, yes, that's not, you've not just regurgitated a bunch of skaters from other teams. You've actually got, you know, a fret like Mark Moreno, who's been slept on forever. Dominic Bruce, who never got a chance at Razors, he got on the pro team and then just got forgot about. Levy Van Rijn, who's just never looked in, in like like he belonged on any team he was on before. They've got all these guys together, and you look at it and you're like, that's a unit. That is a unit that makes sense. That's not that's not a bunch of skaters thrown together. That's a fucking team. I mean, it's it's I I, I can't help but look at like the synchronicity of everyone that's involved with. A, their marketing, the video like production. Mark, Mark, like hats off to Mark for creating something that's like fantastic. Yeah, I, I don't know if it was shrewd on Billy and John's part or whether it was complete accident, but either way, having Mark on board as a skater, as a filmer, as someone like designing their aesthetic is a stroke of genius. Whether they meant it or not, Billy. Billy's been kind of suggesting that it was all just a complete accident and he just wanted Mark on as a skater. I feel like Billy's smarter than that, but okay. Either way, gotta, I don't care. Your cards close to your chest, right? Yeah, I, I don't care like how it happened, the fact that it has happened and it's it's going really well. I think, yeah, it, it's a really promising start for a brand. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going this week on Saturday. I'm going to L.A., and James will is going to meet me there as well, and we're just going to go and see what happens. What does that mean? <laughs> literally, like that's the game plan. We're just going to. I'm going to go down there. I'm an extra set of hands. I know how to work the cameras. If these guys want to skate, 
that's cool. Right. And so, then wherever that wants to go, I'm fine with that. A, a potential filming mission then. Yeah. Does your brother still live in Colorado? Is it Colorado he, he lives? Yeah. Yes. How did, how did that, he end up there? He moved there after we were on the useless tour. This was like a Southern scum, Dustin Spangler video. Yeah. It's almost like, uh, almost like seven years ago now that we did that. It's funny to think about, but that was James met like a lot of this, his friends from Texas were on that tour. James had gone to Woodward East and met a lot of these guys like Zach Pavel, okay. Jared Banning. And they were all going up from Texas up there to, to start a skate house. I remember when they all just kind of moved up there on mass. Yeah. Cause yeah. Well, I'm sure you'll. And they, they told James, they're like, yo, we got a couch and a room. If you want it, come. I was having my own doing whatever I was doing in New Jersey. So that's, that's what I was going to ask how you didn't end up going up there with your brother or whether at any point you were like, Oh, maybe I should move up there too or whatever. I was on probation for the whole useless tour. I had to call my probation officer every week at like a very specific, I think it was like every Tuesday at 8 a.m. per time. So I was like, I would wake up at like, when we were in California, I was waking up at like six in the morning. Hello, probation lady. Um, okay. Everything is fine. So, So the rumors are true. People from New Jersey are just a bunch of troublemakers. Is that right? Well, weed definitely wasn't legal when I was younger. <laughs> right, okay. I was going to say, would you get into trouble for Weed seems like such a strong offense, like such a like minor offense to get, like, have to, you have to phone your probation officer. Oh, it, de- it derailed my life. It was insane getting arrested for weed. For just, just for possession of weed? Yeah, that was, that's like, okay. that was, at the we'll time, it was huge. That. Right. It's, it sounds, I, I feel like I'm like someone that's like talking from the past. It's so weird. It's like, and when I was little, it was very bad weed. Yeah. Actually, I remember that guy from Tri, is it Tri-State Skate? I used to be in contact with him. Greg Kiefer. I, yeah. I'm sure he got into a lot of trouble for weed as well. Or like had insane yeah. legal costs or something he, like that. I don't know if he wants me to say this, but I mean, he's, Greg's a great dude. I, I owe a lot to Greg. He was very cool with me and James when we came up, but. That's like the main reason that skate shop went away. I mean, I, I kind of pieced that together as well, but yeah. But yeah, that weed was serious at the time. Now I don't know what's, what's serious anymore. Yeah. Yeah, that is kind of strange. Um, I'm, I'm right in thinking you did a lot of filming for uh, future shred technology as well. Like, was quite a lot of the San Francisco footage you? Is that right? Yeah, the, the, I was stoked that I filmed the ender in that video. When I watched it for the first time, I was like, I filmed that. The ender's brosco, right? On that rail on the wall? Is that what? Yes. That? Greg yeah. filmed the fisheye and then I was at the bottom. Yeah. And you also filmed the, the one of Brosco's early tricks in it as well, where he does the hill bomb at the end, because the same hill is in Hit It Wet too, isn't it? Um, I don't, it's, it's similar looking. We, we had gone there a couple times. Brasco was the only one that has gotten like a clip that's been in a video there. Right. Or maybe just looked the same. I think it's because it had like the little like yellow triangle of blind bumps at the bottom. I was like, is that the same street? But yeah, like what goes through your mind when you're, because fl- if you're the skater, it just comes 
with the territory that there's going to be jeopardy there or that you're putting yourself in danger. You've chosen to do a trick or skate a spot. But with this, it's it's always kind of implied that being a filmer is meant to be safer. But the way you film is not safer. The way you film is equally as dangerous. In fact, it could be possibly more because you want a good shot. So you're wanting to be like, I need to keep my hands steady. I need to make sure it's still pointing at the guy. I need to not get hit by a car or like <laughs> get road rash by traveling like 20 feet down the street on my chest. So <laughs> like what could, cause in that first clip and hit it wet too, you're like, shit, shit. Why, why did you start panicking when you were going down the hill? Well, that was the first time I'd ever surpassed the guy I was trying to film. I was like, right. well, what the fuck are you doing? dude? Speed up. Oh, right, no okay. point of this shot if you're bad behind me. Right. I thought you were like, oh no, this is, I'm picking up pace here. Oh no, I was definitely scared. Right. I, we, neither of us really, it's, it's funny when you look at some hills, the pitch of one, what you think is flat is still going down. Yep. So we told, I, like we had never done, that was the first time both of us had ever done it. Done. That, like I was like, all right, you're going to do done this. I'm going to come with you. All oh, right. As unfollowed. Yeah. Right. Okay. And then after we did, we went like, like 10 blocks, like we way surpassed, like we had spotters for four blocks and then we went like way past that. So it was, that was, yeah, it was scary. It was fun. Okay. Have, have there been any bad ones with any of the guys that you've known, like with cars or wet, like, yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely like not not anticipating like a cut right you ran into like a parked car john did that that was bad i've had other people go down like hills with me too and like that aren't as seasoned and i i feel bad because i don't really take that into account and they'll make like decisions that i know you don't make yeah and then they'll freak themselves out and run into something right okay doesn't john have kids now as well john's john's taking extra extra uh, liberties there because he's got kids right john vasuki yeah he's, he has a son louis yeah. <laughs> we told we taught louis what sodi was the other day not really but it was funny okay he just yeah he's like you're sodi you're sodi sick does his wife does did his wife or partner see head it wet too i'm not sure if emily's seen it john's john's initial song in the video we put that in because Louie likes that song. Because right. I'd imagine if she saw all those all those hills, she might have she might have something to say about that. She was like, "You told me you were going rollerblading. You didn't you didn't tell me you were taking your life in your own hands." I yeah, I wonder what all our partners think about what we do. Well, I'm intelligent enough not to show mine because yeah, after the broken pelvis, she was she was not having any of that discussion anymore. Um, it didn't matter what the spot was. She was like, you come home, you end up in hospital again. You're going to have to move out. I was like, that understood under. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, another famous skateboarding crew also uses San Francisco GX 1000. Do you, do you ever like you guys pretty much skate the same spots they do? Like you just look for weird stuff to skate at the top of Hills. Do you guys ever run into each other? Oh yeah. They're, they're definitely out. Like right. when we see them when we're going around doing stuff, they're a big crew. They look, well, they do look like a big crew and they also ended up in the news like two years ago or whatever it was for that security guard that almost got killed. Yeah. So like, what are they like when, do they 
talk to do you guys talk to each other or acknowledge each other or how does that work when you bump into each other on the street it's it's definitely different oh i've lived here for five years at this point it feels a lot different than when i first moved here where it was like more persona non grata like with between them and us right but i know that parker richardson was he's such a like pervasive human he just works himself into every situation i've seen him on like viral social media accounts on like oh yeah subway accounts channel five or something weirdest stuff so he's he's kind of i i would say he was one of the bigger influences for like seeing rollerblading in that light from them if that makes sense yeah because that's just kind of because san francisco obviously has a history of being like a skateboarding hub and not only a skateboarding hub but a skateboarding hub that has not has kind of been hating on rollerbladers because obviously thrashers from there and you have like embarcadero from like the 90s that was considered basically a kind of like war zone of like people fighting and getting robbed and stuff like that so i was just kind of wondering what that was like these days especially considering yeah like you said you guys have got a big crew they've probably got a bigger crew and bumping into each other it was it was sick i was at a party my girlfriend uh her a lot of her friends date skateboarders like almost everyone there is a skateboarder it's very very common out here so i'm like the only rollerblade guy that's in this friend group but one of them came up to me he's like dude i was watching this rollerblading video and you were in it and he was talking about the brain dead thing because right okay even for them they're looking at what Anyone that lives in this city, you almost automatically look at all the content that's coming from it. Yeah. Because you just want to see what else people are doing. Or, and or, you want to or, find the spots. Or steal the spots, yeah. I watch all the BMX and skateboarding videos, and I just message the guys and be like, so where, what, what skill is that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's BMX spots that are we've been to. We're like, all right, we can do that. And then we get there, like, oh, you can't do that. Yeah. So, so what was the guy saying when you saw him at the party? Like, what did he, he, after he said he'd seen you in a video or seen a video you'd I think he was just more tripped out that it was like, like I was even in the video. Because for skateboarding, it's, it's even more rare to be in a video. For us, I feel like it's almost easier because there's there's like 10 of us. Yeah. And the, the distance between the distance between being unsponsored and being pro or even being a company owner is so small and so within reach. Like you can literally, like you could literally talk to like pretty much any skate company owner at a skate event or whatever, or like. For blading. Yeah. Or, or even you could go out to a street session and just easily, especially living in like San Francisco or LA or California, bump into like a pro skater out on a filming mission and be like, Hey man, hey, and you, you probably will have friends in common or like mutual. That's just how small and like easily accessible this industry is, whereas skateboarding's not really like that at all. There's such a huge divide. It's, it's funny. Like I almost realize it, I realize it more at Blade Cup when people are coming up to me like that have come from New Jersey or like that I grew up skating with. And they're like, it's cool to see that you have a video here. I'm like, I know me too. <laughs> they're like, oh, we always knew. I'm like, hey, what? I didn't know. As that is, yeah, when you put it in that context, yeah, because, yeah, you're basically the other side of the country and making skate videos, yeah. 
And it, it seems like, I, I guess for when you're not like, coming to California is so different from living on the East Coast. It's like, this is where skating is. Right. Kind of. I think so. I suppose New Jersey's not that close to New York. Like New York's always been considered like one of the kind of homes of street skating, especially because some of the earliest videos, like earliest iconic videos, featured a lot of footage there. But yeah, I know what you mean, especially because California's considered like the, the all year round street skating terrain. Like you can basically go there at any time. Well, maybe not. To know what the Bay Area is like, but down Southern California, it's basically like you can skate all year round, whereas you can't do that in many other parts of the states. Yeah, just weather in general, so in so many other places, is a hindrance. Yeah, um, I've always yeah, I've always found it quite funny when I visit the states. Going to the East Coast is a lot like being in the UK. Everyone's got quite a like berating sense of humor and like you know like shit on each other quite a lot and that's just the kind of humor like you just you just abuse your friends kind of thing or like like talk shit on each other whereas i noticed whenever i went to like any other state it just wasn't like that at all and like that kind of humor in certain states especially like i've got family that live in like nebraska and stuff like that and i would hang out with kids there and sarcasm just did not go over well at all it was like it just wasn't really kind of tolerated. So I just quickly, I was like, my sense of humor doesn't work here. So I'm just going to shut up and listen. Like this isn't, yeah. I'm pretty sure Colin Martin asked me at one point when we were at the Bashi Pope, he was like, is it like normal that everyone just like makes fun of Italians and Italian culture here? I'm like, oh yeah, that's like, that's it. That's fine. He's like, isn't that kind of racist? I was like, no, they're white xenophobic not racist but yeah it's, it's still bigotry <laughs> it's i mean i i have italian family members and it is it's fun you like it. <laughs> i think you're allowed to say it's fine if you've got yeah it's, it's one of those like internalized things it's yeah it's okay if you're within that that circle yeah um I would have thought Chicago would have been one of those kind of like ball buster areas. I, I would have thought they would have been quite hard talking to each other. No? I don't Sometimes I don't know if Collins was fucking with me or not. <laughs> okay. He's, he, dude, he messes with people. He won't admit it. I and mean, he'll be like, I don't do that. But he messes with people. Right. Okay. Um, I'm guessing because you've obviously had quite a few pairs of them skates. Does this mean Julio's hooking you up as a result of like filming for him or do they pay you as well? How does that work? Cause you've, from what I've seen, you've contributed no, quite was, a bit of footage. Julio is super funny with me about that. When we were, and when I, when we were at the brain dead premiere, he was like, so now that you're getting hooked up with Rollerblade, do you still want these brain dead skates? And at the time I was like, yeah, man, I still want the skates, but now, now I do understand, like, I don't, I didn't really need them, but as more like a thing that I just wanted them, but it's, you know, it's, I don't know what to say. <laughs> but don't you, don't you mainly skate them skates or, or are you now skating rollerblades now? Like, cause rollerblades don't I want seem, to try the mesmers. Yeah. Rollerblades don't seem to care that you're riding about in them skates and filming stuff for them. Well, I mean, like, like, and when you say cares, it's like, I don't think anyone 
it's fine. I don't. I didn't realize that people cared what I skated. I don't think people do. But some people do ask me. They're like, "What do you think? Like, I see that you're doing this. What's it like?" But maybe, yeah, maybe Julio's viewpoint is that he just doesn't want to be like I don't know, stepping on toes or whatever. Or maybe he's like, he doesn't want to want anyone at Rollaway to think I don't know. He's trying to like poach someone or I, I don't know. It could just no, be I'm, as innocent. I'm, is that I'm just a like, free, I'm like, I'm like a, I'm not like a sponsored skater or anything. I'm just that's like what I mean, free so it doesn't matter. Yeah. You're just getting free stuff in return for providing. Yeah. Like helping them make content. Yeah. Maybe I'll get some Mesmer skates and I help them make some stuff. It's, it's cool. I like trying all the stuff. That's what I was going to ask. So you've skated them skates and you've skated the blank Sean, Kel- uh, Sean, Ke- I keep doing that because it says SK that always trips me up. I always go Sean Kelso and then correct myself and say Sean Keen. Which do you prefer the Sean Keen or the 909s? They're, di- they're definitely different. That's not an There's, answer. <laughs> like, I, like it sounds funny to say like, maybe I like the less responsive skate as where the the sk blank skate is by far the most responsive to anything you want to do with it you're very close with that sole plate to the frame as to where like you you don't shift as much in the skate you can't like it's hard, i don't know how to say it exactly but like you can almost cheat more in them if that makes sense okay that's quite interesting because I would describe the them as a very responsive skate. Like I'm not, I didn't really, well, now they've got a different, well, a bigger soul plate. My main complaint was the soul plate, but in terms of how it fit my foot and how responsive it was, I was like, this is incredible. I'm willing to forgive having a less soul plate for the, like the good movement that I get in it. But if you're saying the blank SK is even better then that's, that's quite interesting. Well, it's got that, the 90 degree strap is definitely, a huge part so like i'm not sure how i feel about the integrated heel pad where it's like not a you're not building off a flat yeah flat bottom of the boot so where you build up and you like have your insole and like maybe another heel pad almost creating like a like a natural heel yeah as to where the you're building off the blank which is flat but the heel is already squishy yeah i have kind of wondered how that would work because I thought, yeah, it was the raised heel that provided the shock absorption. But then if it's already just in the flat, is, yeah, is that actually doing anything? Yeah, I've kind of wondered about that. I've skated ESG's K2s and they feel fucking crazy. <laughs> I mean, that they've got to be like, are they original K2s or new K2s? They're, they're good K2s. Like, no, what does that mean though? Are they like, are they like 90s fatties or... Or, or, I, I I couldn't even tell you. I was just like, these are tens. He's like, yeah, you want to try them? I was like, hell yeah. They've got to be newer ones. The old the old cuffs would just explode if they were the ones from the nineties. No, they're, no, they're definitely not like nine not from the nineties. No, they're they're newer for sure. Right. All skates are, you know, there's so many different skates. Like, to a point, I definitely do think that's like we're working with the same stuff here. It's like plastic shell thing you grind frame cuff yeah anything that really deviates from that is like do we really need that i I would i would say there's i'd say there's definitely scope for 
I can think of maybe three skates I've ever tried on in my entire life that didn't hurt my feet. Only a few that didn't. Yeah, or didn't cause me some discomfort. And thinking back on it, I'm like, if I didn't have, if we didn't have all these options now, I wouldn't have found these few skates that don't hurt. I would just have, because throughout the 90s, I just made do. I was like, oh, this is killing my toes. I don't care. I'll just skate it. If I skate the size up, it's going to be a boat. So I'll just deal with the pain. Or I was like, this pinches my, the arch of my foot. I'll just, I'll just grin and bear it. Especially because we didn't have liner options as well. It was like the liner that came with the skate is the liner you were stuck with. Whereas now it's like, oh, I can downsize or I can use this or like, like, uh, intuition liner just completely changed my life because I was like, I'm no longer suffering any pain whatsoever. This is miraculous for me. So if you've got big wide slab feet like I have, yeah, having stuff like that totally helps. But then like things like I would never have touched a Seba skate. I was like, I don't like the way they look. It's weird. It looks like it's got too many components, just like the shadow. I tried someone's and I was like, oh my God, this this the shape of this skate perfectly fits my weird shaped foot. Really? I can skate this and it doesn't hurt. And I rode them for like a year and loved them. But then they got all floppy and like the ankle support started going. And I was like, I don't, I can't, I'm not dealing with skate. They started doing the thing that REMs do, where they bend in when you're like just standing upright. And I was like, I'm not, I've never broken an ankle. A, is there a removable liner in the Sabre? Some do, some don't. Okay. That's kind of right. That's kind of like how they did the carbons after a while. Some, some had removable, some didn't. Yeah, you can get the ones that are fitted and then you can get the ones that you can shove an intuition in. But the intuition, I think, was the real game changer. Then it made every plastic shell and boot. Like you said, it's there's no problem in anything because you yep. got that nice liner. Um, but then, I don't know. Yeah, I've tried adapts and they're really high-end and expensive and sound incredible. Again, they've got that dull thud, but they just didn't feel natural in my foot because it doesn't have the, like, the hinged cuff. So it just didn't feel like it moved. Nat- it felt like it, they were moving separate to my, like my body, which I just didn't like. I want a skate that feels like it's clamped in all around me, and the only movement it's doing is what I'm doing, as opposed to moving independently. The same is used in ninety degree strap too, huh? Yeah, yeah. That I think that's one of the big, like no, like like heel lift thing. That responsiveness that definitely comes from that. Possibly, yeah. Um, but then I also hate that the soul plate wasn't attached. Don't want some like soul plate, like when you can feel it like bending underneath you and stuff like that. That feels really weird because it's not it's was, not riveted in anywhere. Oh, it's just through the through. It's the just frame. through the UFS bolts, and so oh. it kills the power transfer as well. And you're like, mm. that's not, yeah, no. I'm big and lanky and awkward. I don't need that in my life. Um, Talked about them. Talked about Rollblade. What else have I not asked? Wax Toaster. Also, I have something to pull you up about on Wax Toaster now that I think about it, Taylor. You you actively encouraged one of your guests to like not be very kind about me, if I remember correctly. What did I, what did I say? You asked... You, you were having a conversation with Ian Walker. You guys were talking about VODs. I know because I used it in the most recent uh, brief blading thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, what was it? Uh, where's Jeremy Spira? 
was Jeremy's bar. And then and then you just turned around and you were like, so, uh, what do you think of wheel scene? And I was like, why am I being brought into this? What have I done? <laughs> I'm just, uh, just fucking talking shit. And that man's face, that man's face told me everything I needed to know. Um, yeah, he was, he was not, he didn't seem impressed with that comment. Um, I've heard, I've heard all this. I've heard that he thinks I have like a thing against him or like, yeah, or he thought yeah, I was, he thought I was insulting him, but I, I genuinely wasn't. I just didn't realize he lived in Denver. I mean, there's like, there's so many weird things that people say about skating. Like, you know, there's a whole demographic of people that hate like everything that John Julia does. They're like, I would never go to his event and help him. I'm like, he doesn't care whether you go to an event or not or help him. So like, I don't know, whatever people say, it's just like, it's funny to bring it up because I know a lot of people definitely don't want to talk shit or whatever have you. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like, and just kind of like the same thing with everyone. There's so much information to get straight. Like where I'm like actively in the middle of everything that I'm seeing from Scotland, how the hell would you know who's skating right next to me or not? Unless I'm telling everyone or doing yeah. certain things. Um, I do just, yeah. I just remember when Aunt Medina moved, moved to Denver and he was like, that guy does not like you. He is so pissed about your comments. He was like, cause you basically said I was going to be the only filmer up here. And I was like, I only know two guys there that film. And I was like, I remember him making El Chupo, but then in the credits, he said he borrowed all the equipment. So I was like, well, maybe he doesn't film full time because in the credits, he thanks people for like letting them use their cameras and computers or whatever. And I was like, he must not have his own stuff. And then I know that obviously Jeff Phillip lives there, but then I was like, Jeff Phillip doesn't live in, I didn't think he lived in Denver anymore because he did that whole quit your life tour and he was living basically all over the States. And I was like, so there's no one there filming at the moment. And I think he took that to mean that I was, I don't know, insulting him or saying that his filming wasn't good. It just, I just didn't think he was active. <laughs> I, I, before Jeff just released this recent thing, I was like, where does this guy live? Does he even skate anymore? I thought he was just like done with it. But then he comes out with a 20 minute video that he definitely is skating. He, he put up a rant thing sometime last year on Instagram, basically saying how he was like done with it and hadn't skated in months and had, yet he didn't have any friends to skate with. But then he filmed that thing with Cody Lampman and I was like, well, this is promising. And then he brought out that and I was like, if you've not been skating and that's you, Rusty, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I always, I, I, I think those people that come out as as done with skating I, f I feel like i've seen that my whole time in skating and it's never been true with anyone that ever does it they're like i'm done with this this is my public denouncement of my own time in skating and then like a year later they're like hi film this edit want to check it out Bellino did that the best yeah yeah i mean it's and i think it's like it makes sense. I'm not saying like, I don't get where people are coming from when they're like, I'm a little frustrated with this activity. Like, I don't want to do it for a while. But like, I felt like that too. But yeah. I'm never going to like tell the internet like, hey, internet, I thought today I don't want to skate anymore. It's kind of a funny move because you can just not skate anymore and don't. This is true. Yeah. You kind of wonder what their, what their motivation was for doing it, but some people are just quite dramatic or maybe they think if they announce it publicly, that will will it into them. It will force them to like actually do it. If you know what I mean? 
Like, and the Bellino one was a little different. Like that's like a guy, like when he did it, it's like, and B- Billy kind of did it too. Like where yeah. they're like, yeah, they both, I'm not yeah. going to, I'm not going to do it this way anymore. Yeah. And for them, it's like, that's all they had been doing for a long time. Like literally that's how they were trying to make money. So it kind of makes sense where they have to kind of like, like detach from that way of living. Yeah. Like, like I'm not going to focus on this to make money. I need to like actually make money. Um, but then funnily enough, when Bellino did quit on Facebook later that year, he came back and won the two biggest contests in the U S and made a significant amount of money. And then I think it was like two years later. Yeah. He was done again, but and now he's got his second revival. Skaters don't normally have good comebacks. The, the comebacks normally ruin the legacy of the skater or show that they're just completely out of touch with what's happening now. And Bellino's one of the rare examples where that just didn't happen. He's come back and everyone's like, yep, he can keep up and he can still kick everyone's ass. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's fun to see. It's, it's wild. I, I'm very happy he's back. He's one of my favorite skaters to watch. So, yeah. Um, your brother's got a section in the new Ian Walker video. Is that right? And then what's, it, oh, what's it called? Crazy Pills. So Crazy pills. I'm guessing that's all going to be on them skates though, right? Because... Uh, up until like towards the end, he'll have he'll have mesmer clips. Right, it's one of those weird yeah. things where yeah, if if you've been working on a long project and then you get picked up by someone, you know that's great and everything, but you know when when my new shit drops, it's gonna be it's gonna be promoting someone else completely. <laughs> it, it it does make it always feel funny when you see a video where we're like right at the end, the skates change like that happened in our first hit a wet video. Everyone's skating V thirteens. And then them came out and we're like, yep. all right. Well, these clips are still cool. Plus, you can just tell everyone they're, oh, no, maybe you can't. I was like, you can just tell everyone they're majestics, but then people will be like, what? You chose you chose roses over them? That that ongoing debate that seems to be somehow created or manufactured. I don't really know how it's, how it's manifested itself, but yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, so... Am I right in thinking you like like do video work for like a job job? Like I've, I've heard you say before that you make like music videos and stuff. I have done a music video. Like I think that's pretty common for anyone that's trying to do like video work. But uh, I do a lot of PA work, production assistant work. Like Yvonne, when he he's a professional videographer as well, and now he owns his own production company, Third Gilman. All right. So I've gotten some jobs through them. I work with some other production houses in the Bay Area. And I recently got a job at the Berkeley Art Museum and Pacific Film Archive as okay. a, a tech, Navy tech. So yeah, I do different different video work all over the place. So you're one of the few filmers in Bleeding that has a, a legitimate a legitimate filmer job. That, that was a, dis- yeah, it was like a pretty conscious decision I made like when my parents were encouraging me to go to college i was like you have to get a degree in something uh this like skating was the only thing i cared about and i was already filming it so right i had seen yvonne do it like from the outside and i was like I, it's possible other guys have done it too nick lomax he's he was another huge predominant videographer in the in the bay area or Justin Lomax. I was about to say, Justin, I was like, there's two Nick Lomaxes. That's even no. weirder. Justin Lomax. I thought that's who you, I thought that's who you meant, but I just, yes. yeah. Right. Okay. I always, I always do that with the Lomaxes. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, and I guess, well, you've got Vinny as well that's obviously made a very successful career at filming, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those, it's it's funny mentioning those guys out here. Like Vinny Minton is like, when I go out on sets, they're like, who do you know? I'm like, you know Vinny Minton? (laughs) I don't really know Vinny. I just say his name, they're like, yeah, he's amazing, best. I'm like, yeah, he's cool. I mean, I, I don't know if there's anything that Vinny hasn't turned his hand to. That he's, He seems like one of these people that just kind of, if, if he decides he's doing it, then it's happening. And he does like a bunch of work for like the Warriors, like a lot of sports teams out here in stadiums. And like you said, everything he touches is like magically turns to gold. Yeah. But I think that's also because he is just extremely hardworking. Dude. No, but that's what I mean. Like you get these people that just go, that just, they have that mindset. Like I kind of feel like Haffy's one of those people as well, where he's like, if I'm do or like, I don't know, Aragon or whatever as well, who are like, if I'm doing this, I'm not half-assing it. Like I'm dedicating everything to this and it's, it's going to become a reality. So yeah. But yeah, Vinny, yeah. Vinny's one of those people that I feel like would be iconic at whatever, yeah, whatever he decides to do. Cause he's just got that drive. So that makes sense. Um, I've picked your brains about, so that was it. You totally moved on from the wax toaster thing. When are we getting a new episode? It's been ages. When was the last one you did? I think the last one we did was, I think it was Mike Lilly. And I think what we were doing with the wax toaster kind of like wore us down in a way. Okay. Where we were going like after like people that were like less talked to, maybe didn't have as good of a time in skating or weird shit happened to them through skating. And it kind of, I think it fogged us up a little bit because then you, kind of become disillusioned to it and talk to so many people that are having a bad time or that have had bad experiences you're like is this going to happen to me or is or is it already happening to me the the make one was i remember listening to and it was quite a hard listen because he sounded so disinterested and i i kind of surprised he actually agreed to go on because he seemed so disinterested in what was actually happening in blading or following it or even just a, a willingness to participate in it anymore I was kind of like, well, why Why did you agree to come on this and talk about blading? But even um, after it, he was happy to have done it. He thanked us, like, again. And even during, like, he was like, I'd never go to a skate contest. I'm like, you know, I do one in New York. He's like, oh, I'd go to New York. <laughs> okay. Maybe he just likes being contrary for the sake of it. Maybe no matter what you say, he's like, I'm just going to say the opposite just to see, just to see where the conversation goes. I think he does find some fun in that. Yeah. I mean, so, so I can, I can relate to that, but yeah, it kind of reminded me when, yeah, Nick Labar was on jump street and it was just like, he seemed to just so disinterested and talking about skating or having nothing to do with it. And I was like, why are you, why are you here? Why are you? But yeah, uh, we're, we definitely want to do more. Okay. Cause you guys kind have of, uh, kind of a weird time period, like between, Blade Cup happens, and then it's like these holiday, this holiday season. And Joey and I are both like flying back and forth to different time zones. Yeah. Even with you talking to you, I was like, I'm going to go to New Jersey, and that's harder to do this than it is from here. Yeah. Because you like, if you guys just worked your way through your pool of friends, that alone is like a stellar like guest list of people to have on the show. 
Although it depends, it, it depends if they actually want to come on and talk, though. That's that's the other aspect. They might actually have to be because some people are like, I don't want, I don't want a microphone in front of me. I don't want you asking me questions. It it, don't, it like since we haven't done one in a while. When I go to skating events, it's, it really trips me out when people are like, I listen to your podcast. I'm like, oh, I, I'm not used to hearing stuff like that. Yeah, and I've also thought like. This is the weirdest thing about all the podcasting and everything that we're doing now and like how skating is now. I never thought when I started skating, I'm like, you're going to talk about skating one day as like a, like a, like a piece of content. I mean, like I don't think a lot of skaters thought about interviews really outside of magazines. Yeah. Especially in like long form like this. Yeah. And I mean, we we're all doing it anyway. We all, all, all the kind of, I, I put it into the categories of lifers, people that are just never not going to be skaters. Like even if they can't skate anymore, they're never not going to be skaters because they're going to obsessively think about it or follow it. You're talking about it anyway. And weirdly, I tried for so many years to actually turn out. I don't, I've 90% of the interviews I've ever done have always been on calls. So I've recorded them all. They're all on dictaphones. Mm. like even the ones from like the early print magazines for wheel scene they were all m- most of them unless it was there was a language barrier or just something weird happened where the person didn't want to talk over the phone or on skype it was on audio anyway but i could just never get it into files that were listenable on computer <laughs> the quality was just always that crappy and then when the like technology developed i was like oh this is easy now i don't need to be a sound engineer to figure this out or know how to work like you know, an, an audio booth, like software thing. So yeah, it just felt like a natural trend. I was like, I'm, I've been interviewing people for like 20 years. So this is why not do this? But yeah, I get what you mean. Why you're like this never, this thought never like, occurred to me before. And now I'm doing it. That is, that is quite weird. But you guys did it in an organic way. Cause you were saying that Joey was saying that you guys were just like going on zoom or going on skype or facetime or whatever it was and chatting shit anyway so you were like let's just record it and during the pandemic there was this app called house party where it was like a an ongoing phone call i'm not sure if you're familiar with it i've heard of it i've never used it it was you would just sign into this basically like a facetime and anybody could come into this facetime if you were like friends with the person right so we were doing these like we had like eight people in there and we were just, ta- we would literally talk for like three or four hours. Just getting really stoned. Is that what you're saying? And it was like in that first two, two week, like flatten the curve thing. So everyone was like, what, it, what's it like in Atlanta? <laughs> what's it like in New York and Denver? It's nobody's doing. And like, we were all just doing nothing. Yeah. We're like, well, I'm, I'm sitting in my house. I don't, I don't know what you're doing. And they're like, yeah, me too. What's the inside of your house like? <laughs> And we were doing a lot of that, like walking each other around and like, yeah, nothing. Oh God, that's painful. I wouldn't be able to handle that. If someone just started showing me around their house, I'd be like, ah, I'm done now. I'm done. I mean, it was a boring two weeks, <laughs> especially when everyone was like really panicked about the pandemic. Yeah. It's, feels so, it's so weird that that was not that long ago. And that it's still kind of happening. Yeah. I just, we were just in isolation for 10 days because my daughter tested positive. And it was like, well, don't want to give it to any relatives or anyone that could, you know, it could potentially harm. So yeah, we just stayed in for 10 days, but she never had any symptoms. Me and my partner never tested positive. And then I was like, did we just stay inside for 10 days? 
for no reason. <laughs> I'm like, shit. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a strange time. Um, but on a more positive note, what are the what are the plans for 2022? Have you got anything? Have you got any trips you're wanting to do? You said you were going to LA, going to meet your brother, and uh, hopefully hang out with the Mesmer guys, and maybe something will happen there. Anything else? The Sean no, I mean, that, you're, that you're holding out on us that you're just going to tell us it's ready when it's ready. Yeah, I just kind of go with the flow, see what happens. Nothing like, yeah, I don't think I'll do another like big long form project. I don't know if I want to do that or not. We'll see what happens. Skate, skating's a, definitely like expanding a lot faster right now, so it's kind of hard to see what's what's next. That's, yeah, I, yeah, I, I'd agree with that. Yeah, I'd say that's true. Even even being at Blade Cup this year, I was talking to Anthony Marchione. At, like, we were standing somewhere, and I was like, did you ever think it was going to be like this? And he was like, yeah, I always thought it would be like this. It's always been the same. I was like, what are you, nuts? Because like you're standing, and we were like watching the them shop be in like the downtown of this town, this Santa Ana We've been going there for almost eight, nine years now. And now the store is like literally established in the spot where we keep going to. Yeah. It just, it's, it's, it's funny to watch it evolve and like through all the other tours, like I've, I've gone to like when the Haitian guys had a house in KCMO. I remember going there with Anthony. It's like from there, from being in that house in Kansas city, it's like, crazy shitty house to where we are now at like blade cup and everything's like almost it's it's very funny to watch it evolve yeah and like that time that you're mentioning as well was basically when the kind of whole haitian thing started disintegrating as well because they all sent after that they all just kind of went their separate ways and some of them just never skated again and brian obviously came to europe but that was like that wasn't that long ago and it was like the great depression of rollerblading it was like when no one could go pro no one could seem to get out of like the amateur flow phase no matter how good you were like all those haitian guys were a perfect example of it and like who's who's left from that even from that like sean sean darst got on them and got a skate bina basically just kind of now disappeared lives in different places all over the world and just kind of disappeared. Dylan Davis stopped skating. Nick Labar essentially stopped skating. Loads of those guys, like, does Thin Lee still skate? He skates around. I mean, and it's kind of like the same thing you were talking about. It's a lifer. I don't, I don't think any of those guys actually ever stopped. Oh, yeah, I don't, I don't mean like that, but I just mean as in stop being, like, you know, like active or like, uh, I, I can't really think of a better term, like, involved in kind of i don't know making content or being like more serious about it it's yeah it's i mean i'll keep going back to that like place and time thing it's like depends who you're around who you want to skate with and like who's producing the content because i know those guys do still skate with certain people like i know malcolm malcolm's still in skating and he's done more and more like over the past like year or two. Oh yeah, because he made he made that Sean Darst edit not that long ago. Cardio Cardio Plus wasn't that long. 
wasn't that far yeah. ago. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's he said he's trying to jazzercise skating. Right. Okay. Actually, it's kind of weird. Like so, like Mike Torres is obviously using uses his stuff, like his music and edits and stuff now, and it's just quite funny that he's for someone. I, th- I think a lot of people you'd be like Malcolm Hart heard and they wouldn't know who he is, especially in Europe. I feel like if you're not paying attention to videos or you don't, you're not quite obsessive and like focusing on the names and stuff like that, you probably, it would be quite easy to miss who he is, but yet his music is now featured in like major, like, like skate promos and stuff like that. And I don't think people would even like piece it together or a lot of people wouldn't piece it together. It trips me out that people don't know who John Lee is. Like when I'm like people in America, like they don't know who I'm talking about. I'm like, how do you not, what do you, what do you watch? Yeah. Yeah. But that, I think it's one of those things that see if you're not, loads of people will just watch a skate video and be like, all right, yeah, that was cool. And not really give it, or maybe not even watch it again or not look at the credits or not look at, you know, the little tag username on Vimeo to see who made it because they're just not interested. And you'll be like, oh, but that guy made Devotion. He made that James Bower section. He made like this. And they'll be like, all right, cool. I don't care. I feel like it's just the mega nerds. Like, yeah, I'm happy to put myself in that guy that go, oh yeah, like that guy. And you can like list off his back catalog. Yeah. It's content's a funny thing in skating. Cause yeah, there's like even the mushroom blading guys say it, like people confuse them with the guys that made, like they think loads of people think they made wizard frames and they're like, no. Like that's not what that's not us. Like we just use them, but it's that kind of if you're not paying attention or you're not reading, you know, the details on videos or on websites and stuff like that, you just it, it can easily get mixed up or just lost. Yeah, yeah. So, so you've basically given nothing away about what's happening this year. I've run out of questions. What we would would you want to say before we wrap this up? Skating is a fun activity. <laughs> That was very prophetic. That was that was profound. I like that. that was, um, thank you, Dave, for the opportunity. Thank you. What are you gonna What are you gonna do with the rest of your day? Because it's only uh, like, email some invoices of- for some other jobs that I haven't gotten paid for. <laughs> right. Okay. See, that's that's one thing I would not miss as a yeah doing like freelance work. The it's it's all good and well finishing the project and submitting it, but then you're like, cool. Now I need to chase these people up for my money. Yeah. It's yeah. not as not not as fun as the job itself. Yeah, that's that's not the glamorous aspect. Well, I've taken up loads of your time today. I'm glad we finally got around to do this, even though you were trying to get Ian to abuse me. I'll let I'll, my my poor heart heart will, you know, I'll let that go. But Dave, you're a tough guy. I know you can handle it. I'm I'm delicate. I'm very sensitive. I'm I'm a bald man and you know guys, you're, tough, you're a tough Scottish guy. I know you got a kilt on down there. That's, that's true. All, all Scottish guys wear kilts at all times. I can't show you because I'm naked underneath it and that would be inappropriate. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was nice talking to you and yeah, hopefully bump into you soon at some point. I think you should try and make over to Europe. You need to try and get to a winter clash at some point in your life. Yeah, I hope they get it back going. going. Is it going? It's not going yet, right? They're they're teasing something for this this year, but we'll see. It remains to be seen what that will actually be. But yeah. Well, it was good talk to you. And yeah, hopefully speak soon.
Thanks, Dave. Have a good afternoon. See you in about. Adios. Bye. Hit it wet, dude. Hit it wet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm so stoked to see you guys here.